Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On today's show, I'm going to have a talk on the life and death of Kenneth Anger. Kenneth Anger passed away May 11th, 2023. I've covered him in three places. I covered him in Occult Hollywood, my documentary about occultism in Hollywood. I also covered him in my book, Children of the Beast, and my documentary, Children of the Beast. So I know a bit about him, about his life really came across him as somebody who was an admirer and follower of Crowley, but attached to Crowley through his friendships with a variety of different people, Jack Parsons' wife, uh, L. Ron Hubbard, and I'll have a comment on him. He kind of knew Hubbard and describes him, and just his other people within the Crowleyite Thelemite community. He was friends with Jimmy Page at one point, Rolling Stones, Anita Pallenberg, uh, he lived with uh, a member of the Manson family, Bobby Bouzelet, and I'll read some stuff from Bobby Bouzelet in this, and just had pretty remarkable life and some friendships leading up to Hollywood. He had kind of an occult influence on Hollywood, a lot of uh, curious people, and I'll show those in the slides. So I'll play a couple of videos with comment, and I'll comment them on them, and then move over to slides. So here is... The sequence I did on Kenneth Anger for the documentary Children of the Beast. Kenneth Anger. Kenneth Anger, born Kenneth Wilbur Engelmeyer in Santa Monica, California in 1927, is considered by many film critics to be one of the most influential filmmakers in cinema history. Famous directors such as Martin Scorsese, David Lynch, and John Waters view him as an important influence. The following is a young Kenneth Anger on French television. Gertrude de Montfarin, Max Reinhardt. Et vous allez continuer à vivre là-bas assez longtemps. Oui, dans le temps, je donnais des cours de Gertrude de Montfarin, Max Reinhardt. Kenneth Anger has been a frequent visitor to Alistair Crowley's Abbey of Thelema in Cefalu, Italy. You can see him here admiring one of Crowley's paintings made at Cefalu. He's also uncovered some writing by Crowley particularly this board that had Do What Thou Wilt written on it by Aleister Crowley. A short version of Crowley's most famous axiom, Do What Thou Wilt shall be the whole of the law. Anger also uncovered the floor at Chefalu, revealing the patterns of drawings used for magical rituals. As noted earlier in the documentary, Kenneth Anger returned to Chefalu another time with famed sexologist Alfred Kinsey as seen here admiring a picture of Aleister Crowley and this is a picture of Kinsey and Anger together on a street in Italy in addition to knowing Kinsey Kenneth Anger was familiar with both Jack Parsons and Marjorie Cameron who he discusses here in this interview I knew a wonderful woman who appears in my film as the scarlet woman in uh inauguration of the Pleasure Dome. Her name was Marjorie Cameron, but as an artist she just used the name Cameron. And uh, she was the widow of Jack Parsons, who was the adopted son of Aleister Crowley. Here's a picture of Jack Parsons and Marjorie Cameron, and we will see Marjorie Cameron featured in the film by Kenneth Anger titled Inaugurate. In the film, Marjorie Cameron represents the Scarlet Woman 
an important opposite and magical partner to the male magus or beast. In this scene, Kenneth Anger superimposes a picture of Aleister Crowley in Arab garb. At the end of inauguration of the Pleasure Dome, Kenneth Anger thanked J. Paul Getty Jr. for assistance in the restoration of the original edition. J. Paul Getty Jr. would be a lifelong patron of Kenneth Anger. In 1959, Kenneth Anger published Hollywood Babylon, the subtitle of which reads, The Legendary Underground Classic of Hollywood's Darkest and Best Kept Secrets. It was originally published in a brown paper bag in order to camouflage its scandalous contents. Here is a picture of Kenneth Anger with Dennis Hopper and two other well-known counter-cultural figures. Kenneth Anger is far right, far left is Donald Camel, director of performance, and directly to the left of Kenneth Anger is Alejandro Jodorowsky. In the late 60s, Kenneth Anger moved to San Francisco and lived at the William Westerfield House, also known as the Russian Embassy. Located south of the Haight-Ashbury District in San Francisco at 1198 Fulton Street in San Francisco, California. This is a picture of the house here, but it's important to note what it looks like for future reference. Kenneth Anger lived at the Russian Embassy for a time with future Manson family member Bobby Boussoulet seen here on the steps of the Russian Embassy in Top Hat, with Crowley's dictum, Do What Thou Wilt, written on the door of the Russian Embassy, written in red paint. It was at the Russian Embassy that Kenneth Anger filmed Invocation of My Demon Brother, an 11-minute long film with music provided by Mick Jagger. The film features an albino with a tattoo with the witches or Theban alphabet as seen here. This sequence features Bobby Boussoulet as Lucifer, smoking what seems to be marijuana from a skull pipe. In this sequence, Kenneth Anger is performing a ritual that features a young child. This sequence features a copy of Aleister Crowley's Moonchild as seen on the above left, and Kenneth Anger seems to have been reading it as it is located at the foot of his chair. The film also features Church of Satan founder Anton LaVey, who walks in in this sequence. Here is Anger with a swastika. This sequence features tattoos that are on the forearm of Kenneth Anger, the top being the Theban alphabet script, the bottom is a representation of the Mark of the Beast as designed by Aleister Crowley, as well as the Seal of Babylon also designed by Aleister Crowley. In 1968 in San Francisco, Kenneth Anker began work on his film Lucifer Rising. It would not be released until 1972. The film contains many occult references including magical circles, representations of Aleister Crowley's Stella of Revealing as seen here, and actual paintings painted by Aleister Crowley. The final sequence of the film features director Donald Camel as Osiris. Camel drops the totems into the water and heralds the arrival of the extraterrestrials. Kenneth Anger lives in Hollywood and in 2013 was featured in a video titled Love in the Old Days, directed by James Franco. The video depicts a magical ritual which was shot at a local Hollywood strip joint. 
Kenneth Anger is depicted as the master of the ceremony or ritual and Alistair Crowley is seen here superimposed in the background. Here is Kenneth Anger playing a theremin, a electronic musical instrument. Bobby Buzale. Yeah, there's a lot more to this story, but uh, I'm going to play another kind of video that um, he's talking. He did a long talk, Kenneth Anger did, at the Hammer Museum, which is in Westwood, very close to UCLA. And these are this is a snippet of from that um and let's see if i can find this he talks about Crowley. he's just super knowledgeable he knows everything about Crowley, so he um really can kind of go through a lot of the stuff that maybe some people wouldn't know as well i have a lot of this details in the book sometimes things the the visuals i think are important but also, I have a lot of stuff in the book that I probably put in. But just the fact that you can see Buzelay in front of the Russian embassy building that, that he lived in, these connections are really incredible. Obvious things. Born in 1875 in a little town in England and died in 1974 in a little town in England. Um, he didn't take up painting until he was approaching 40 and the first official oil painting he did was in Greenwich Village in 1919 and somehow he came upon a canvas screen that didn't have any images on it but it was made of canvas and basically it was a triptych because you have a center thing and then you set the side pieces out like that and that makes a triptych uh, images like that occur in many uh, uh, churches and um, he was in his diary he shows that he was quite determined to add another bow to his lyre which was painting and he, he bought uh, paints. He always bought the very best of everything. His writing paper was always the very best. And, uh, you know, you could say, well, this is extravagant taste because he ran through his money uh, from his blue things, and it did help him financially uh, later on his, in his life. Crowley was not afraid of devils. In fact, they were part of his family. He was never afraid of anything on the other side. Angel, devil, whatever. You know, these are names you put on entities. But he said, welcome friend. You know, I, I, there were some that he banished. The one that had most trouble with was called Coronzon, which means chaos. All of us have that battle in our life, in our homes, trying to keep order with all our things. I like things, and I'm about him. And even though I've had friends and patrons, uh, you know, say, well, if you had Paul Getty for a patron, what's your problem? Well, the problem is that Paul Getty died <laughs> at age 70, and I had prepared a wonderful film for him. I storyboard all the pictures were drawn out with a bow to Whistler. You know, Whistler called things arrangements. Well, my film that I was making 
commissioned for Sir Paul Getty was arrangement in white on green. And of course, it was a film about that mysterious activity in England called cricket, which uh, some people consider as fascinating as watching paint dry. But I learned all the rules of cricket and know about from a wicket and so forth. And it's a pity that the film never got made. But when uh, Sir Paul died a few years ago, he basically didn't write a will. And so the, uh, I got nothing. And his wife, Victoria, is not a fan, fan of Kenneth Anger. <laughs> because um, Sir Paul was generous enough to give me a carte blanche open ticket on Virgin Atlantic. I could fly upper class anywhere in the world and he would just take care of it. And I did not overuse it, but I did use it a bit, mostly to visit him. But the day after he died, so in my opinion, um, the old sinner, as my friend Gerald York called him, and he, he, he knew But that's very important. It ties and places anger with another of Crowley's very close followers, followers, Gerald York. So he knew York as well. It's remarkable. Him awfully well, uh, but that was a little bit of a, a poke in the room. I knew a wonderful woman who appears in my film as the... So now he's talking about, I kind of already did this whole quote, but it's about Marjorie Cameron. And let's see. Attracted to the occult. And he had um, invented the fuel that took the uh, rocket to the moon. That was Jack Parsons' contribution. And unfortunately, he was experimenting at home and he blew himself up <laughs> in an accident. Apparently, something slipped out of his hand and dropped and exploded. While his wife, uh, Marjorie Cameron, my friend, went around the corner to buy some groceries. Right, so that's kind of the Marjorie Cameron, uh, Parsons, York nexus with Kenneth Anger. There's a picture of Kenneth Anger when he was younger. I included that clip. This is him. He's got the Lucifer tattoo on his chest. Younger when he still had hair. He's got those two distinctive tattoos on his forearms. One is the Theban alphabet circle. And the other is Crowley's Mark of the Beast. And there are some other pictures. He's been back to the Abbey of Thelema a number of times. This is an example of that. You can see these pictures. These are what Crowley drew on there. He called it the Chamber of Nightmares. And just faintly in the background, you can see that kind of circle. It says 93 on it. But yeah, that's that's Anger there. There he is, Anger Bald. This is uh, Kenneth Anger with a statue of Aleister Crowley. And he's, he's networked. You can see pictures of him all through social media. A lot of these social media guys, like when he died, put up social media with him. This is a uh, known director, Warner Herzog. So he's friends with Anger in Hollywood. I showed this picture of him with the Nazi kind of salute. There's another still of this close-up of what the Theban alphabet looks like. The Eye of Horus on there. Yeah, I showed this picture as well. This is Crowley Stella of Revealing, but also with Kali, this kind of 
goddess of chaos in the background. Hindu goddess. He said, thanks to J. Paul Getty. This is another picture. I showed this picture in the video, but this is a picture of Kenneth Anger with uh, Alejandro Jodorowsky. I cover both of those in Children of the Beast, which I probably need to update. And here's the anger. I don't know if he got a nose job or what, but he's got some tape over his nose. But you can see his tattoos. And this is an interesting thing. This is a, there was an unauthorized autobiography of him by a guy by the name of Landis. And he wrote about Kinsey Chuffalo. There's some really good information about that, but it's about the volunteerism. But he also writes here, Anger's affiliation with the Institute would certainly help him in 1965 when San Francisco police picked him up on suspicion that he had made a snuff film, according to Landis. Quote, the Kinsey Institute shielded him, classifying him as a freelance gatherer of sex films, unquote. So his friendship with Kinsey that has paid off Kinsey Institute. This is him older, and he's hanging out. It's kind of like his sidekick, you know, Magical child is this guy on the right. His name is Brian Butler. And he was on the Lip TV. That's where I saw him. But once I saw his face, I realized he was friends with Anger. And uh, they're just both together a lot. This is that picture that I mentioned. These are all remarkable. I cover Camel and Yodorowsky and Anger all in Children of the Beast. I don't know much about Hopper, but I, I suspect that he's he does have a connection. He was actually in a movie called Night Tide. That was directed by a friend of Anger by the name of Harrington. And also in that movie was this woman, Marjorie Cameron, the Scarlet Woman, too. Jack Parsons of kind of, uh, you know, it was a JPL fame. There's Anger Younger. There's Anger and this guy, Brian Butler, right? A 56, I don't know what his real name is, but that's Brian 5, Butler 6. Holding Crowley's Magic and Theory in Practice. And that's uh, them with a famous director, guy who directed Edward Scissorhands. What's that guy's name, Edward? Oh, he's done so many. So Tim Burton. Tim Burton's his name. He's been, done so many films. This is just another picture I showed this in the thing of uh, Anger and Kinsey at Chefaloo with Crowley. This is actually an interesting picture inside of the Russian embassy. You can see that here. All the decorations. This is a cover of Lucifer Rising with the Eye of Horus. And uh, you can see the unused soundtrack by Jimmy Page. And that's another picture kind of of this group that Bobby Bouzelet was in called the Magical Powerhouse of Oz, I think it was called, and that's Bobby Bouzelet on the far left in the top hat. This is just a number, another example of social media where you can see this. This is Bobby Bouzelet filmed for, I think, Invocation of My Demon Brother. But the Demon Brothers, the Demon Brother to Satan, that's like the hidden secret of that film. But this is in front of the Eye of Horus. And there's these two, Butler and Anger, with uh, Anita Kallenberg, Kallenberg. She was a performance. It's probably his most famous work is Hollywood Babylon. So that's Hanger in front of Hollywood Babylon with the Lucifer. 
applying makeup for Lucifer Rising. This is on the set. This is a superimposition of LeBay with him. There's another picture of those two together, LeBay and Anger. And I think Anger is the godfather of Zena LeBay, the daughter of Anton LeBay. And that's what the Russian embassy looks like back in the day. Black and white. It's an interesting, very distinctive building. Uh, very distinctive home. And then these are the two guys together, Butler and Anger with, uh, what's his face? Some famous actor in Hollywood. I forgot his name. There's Butler with Lee Brawl, and he's showing the uh, ram right there. This weird thing. These two with some famous actor. I don't know who that is. And then this guy, I forgot his name. He's like an infamous photographer. What's his name? It's uh, Terry Richardson. He's with Terry Richardson a couple times. Terry Richardson is kind of has a notorious reputation as a photographer. He's done some pretty gnarly stuff. This is kind of thing where he got his feet done in a near a Hollywood um, movie theater. That's what J. Paul Getty So it's J. Paul Getty Jr. So he's the son of the Getty family. It's another connection. Just like Gavin Newsom, uh, the governor of California right now has a Getty connection. He's friends with the sons, sons of one of the kids. And there's Brian Butler with members of Blondie. And she's been seen with Marina Abramovich, Debbie Harry. And this is a picture of the Magical Powerhouse. Magical Orchestra, Powerhouse of Oz, or whatever the band that Bobby Boozley was in, but he's in a chair with like a 666 piano. This is kind of an interesting thing that you people might not key into, but this is the author of this unauthorized biography of Anger, but he's doing a step. It's like a Masonic step. It's called the Witch Step. You can see that here. It's actually a Masonic secret society. Yeah. So this friend of Anger is on the left, but these two guys are two big wigs in the OTO. William Breeze, and I forgot the other guy's name. Just shows all their occult connections are all pretty serious. And that's Brian Butler with Yodorowsky, who I already covered. These are depictions from Love in the Old Days, this video that was shot in a kind of infamous strip joint on, on Hollywood Boulevard, East Hollywood. And that's Butler with uh, Tom Petty's daughter. Anger with Chloe Savigny, like, the, you know, he's kind of like a famous guy. She writes, Scorpio Rising, when you get to meet a real legend, I bow down to Kenneth Anger. They kind of know him. This is Kenneth and his buddy at uh, Geffen, some kind of Geffen thing. Butler with Yodorowsky. So, yeah, just a bunch of interesting things. And I think I'm just going to read some stuff from my book because there's interesting kind of written quotes about, about, uh, about anger, things like that. And he was always kind of talking about stuff. There are very few, few things I call a sexual perversion, but he liked to have sex with goats, and this is technically a perversion. Even if you like kitties, it's still human, but I mean goats. Goats don't seem to mind. They don't squeal in pain. They just continue chewing their cuds. I think he was secretly a devil worshiper. Having sex with goats is something associated with Satanism. The ghost is like a beast of the devil. So he wrote that about some kind of creepy cultist and pervert from 
something when he was in Rome, when Anger was in Rome. And he was, uh, let's see, he talks about Marjorie Cameron here. This is from my book. Says, she was capable of witchcraft. She was the dark spirit of the group in connection with her. This is the first time I heard about Aleister Crowley. There is an aura of evil around her. So in 55, that's when they went to, when Kinsey and Anger went to Cheflu. And he was only 24 at the time, fairly young. He talks about uh, Kinsey. He says, Kinsey interviewed me for his mail volume. And we went into overtime and discovered we had been talking for five hours. Among other things, he filmed me, filmed me having sex as he did with other people he interviewed. And then Kinsey died the next year. But there's a video out there. I've seen it in a Chris Pinto documentary that has picture, uh, films of Kenneth Anger by Alfred Kinsey. Pretty remarkable. Then he made all these other stuff, Hollywood Babylon. And the intro to Hollywood Babylon is a direct quote from... Alistair Crowley's Book of the Law, which is Every Man and Woman is a Star, so we put that in there. But it sold 2 million copies, like it made him millions of dollars. And he actually admitted, the one product I'm trying to sell is Alistair Crowley. That's quoted in uh, another of Crowley's followers' books. He, this is another quote from him. I am a warlock. I follow the beliefs of Alistair Crowley. So he flat out said that. This is what he said about Lucifer Rising that he made. He said, Anger intended Lucifer Rising to stand as a form of ritual marking the death of old religions like Judaism and Christianity and the ascension of the more nihilistic age of Lucifer. So that was all it. And let's see. This is what uh, Buzalay said of Anger and living with Anger. This is from Children of the Beast. It seems so revolutionary in comparison to any films I had previously seen in my young life. His keen eye and spontaneous editing style, richly saturated colors, and lyrical sensibility in the way some of the films were crafted appealed to me. I venture that my relatively inexperienced eyes glimpsed evidence of undeniable genius in them as well. Moreover, I was naturally attracted to a style of filmmaking that did not utilize spoken dialogue. Any musical soundtrack attached to the visual components of the project would reign supreme and unchallenged in the sonic domain. I needed no further enticement for my part, and my enthusiasm convinced Kenneth to agree on the collaboration, so they were going to work together. He also talked about Anger's Library. He had a lot of books, a lot of them rare. Of course, he had Aleister Crowley's collection. He had a picture of Crowley over his bed. Crowley's his guru. He sort of worships the guy. I've seen pictures of Crowley in his book where he was younger, wearing his pointed magician's hat, a magician's outfit. So he kind of just wrote, he knew a lot just being around. Um, Buzali knew a lot about anger being around him. <clears throat> and after he, literally, I mean, anger left San Francisco, he said that he really tried to find everything he could about Crowley in England, he said. At the time, you could go into used bookshops and find Crowley's books in the original editions. I kept doing that, not, not only in Los Angeles and New York, when I got to London, I completed my 10-volume collection of the Equinox. I ended up with quite a good library of Crowley material and read them all. And then a really interesting thing happened in October 1967. Anger traveled to Washington, D.C. to exercise the Pentagon and, and conducted some ritual. It says, Anger bare from the waist up, revealing what appeared to be a tattoo of Lucifer upon his chest, 
burned a picture of the devil within a consecrated pentagram, shouting oaths and hissing as he flashed a magic ring and inquiring reporters thrusting microphones at him, hunched down in the gravel. And that's from Ed Sanders, the family. And he says, it was a cruelly type ritual, as he recollects, Anger says. This is him, quote, I just walked right in. I had studied how the Pentagon staff were dressed, and I was just like them. I wore a dark blue conservative suit. I even had a small American flag on my lapel. I was attacking Mars, god of war. He's still our ruling god. If you think Mars is an extinct thing from the antique past that we can just laugh at now, forget it. Mars is still here. That's not my opinion, but my knowledge. Mars is a ter terrifying but sobering vision. Mars loves bloodshed, and he is a force that is still operating in the world. It's a force that, according to modern thinking, is irrational, but nevertheless there. Freud would have called it the unconscious or something, but I believe these are actual living entities. Not living in the way like humans living and breathing, but living in a way that are much beyond our capacity because they'll never die. In a personal sense, men more than women have a big problem with Mars. Most soldiers from the beginning of time have been men, and still are, and the Pentagon is controlled by men. The Pentagon itself is a sort of an occult shape, like a five-sided collapsed star. I'm a pagan. Mars does not terrify me because I've come to understand him as a living entity. But just because Mars is so powerful doesn't mean you always have to give in to him. So I had a map of the Pentagon. I went into every single men's room and left in a place where it was bound to be discovered, usually on the sea where anyone was using that star would have seen it. Not on the floor, of course, a talisman, which was written on parch parchment paper drawn in India ink. Each one of them was drawn individually using one of Crowley's talismans as my guide. They probably could figure out it was something in a cult. I went from one men's room to the next. I didn't stop until I had scattered all 93 of my talismans, because 93 is a sacred number for Crowley. Then I walked out. It was all very inconspicuous. The security guard looked at me and gave me a nice look, like we're all looking after each other. If I'd been stopped and put in handcuffs, that would have been unpleasant. That isn't the way I want to spend my time in Washington. I had a ticket to the opera for later that week. So that's him. And then in the art gallery scene, that's where he met John Paul Getty. And they were fighting. Then he met the Stones and Anita Pallenberg. And the magical rituals. I mean, just crazy stuff. <sighs> Anger promotes cruelism heavily in the inv invocation of my demon brother. From his program note explaining the film, it says, The shadowing forth of our Lord Lucifer as the powers of darkness gather at midnight mass. The dance of the Magus Widdershins around the swirling spiral force, the solar swastika, until the bringer of light Lucifer breaks through. The true magic of Horus requires the passionate unit union of opposites in Alistair Crowley. So he also wanted to make a biopic about Crowley, but it never happened. And he would throw curses. I guess he had threw a curse on Jimmy Page. So that was like remarkable. He talks about Lucifer. One of the interesting stories about Kenneth Anger is his connection to Mark David Chapman. So in 1980, in my book, I write about it here. Mark David Chapman went to see Al Kenneth Anger at a Magic Lantern screening in Hawaii, handing Anger 38 caliber bullets, saying, These are for John Lennon. After hearing of Lennon's death, a hysterical Anger said, John Lennon's been shot. He was a very good friend of mine. I'm on my way to the district attorney's office because Mark David Chapman came up to me at a screening in Hawaii and handed me a fistful of bullets. He said, These are for John Lennon. Anger told of his meeting with Mark J David Chapman, quote, 
he asked me if I knew Mick Jagger. Well, Jagger did the music to one of my films, and I told him he was a friend of mine for more than 10 years. Then he said, oh, then you must know the Beatles. You must know John and Yoko. You live in New York. Tell me about them. How often do you have dinner, dinner with them? I told him it was none of his business. He then reeled off a whole bunch of names of rock stars like Marianne Faithful and Keith Richard. I was trying to get rid of him, but he seemed just like an enthusiastic fan. He bought a poster, and he insisted I autograph it, quote, to David Chapman. Aloha, Kenneth Anger. Aloha, you know, means hello and goodbye. The filmmaker took a deep breath at his memory. I think he was thinking about Lennon that long ago. So... And then according to Bouzelet, he would do film projects that were for private collectors. Interesting. Every once in a while, he did a little thing that wouldn't be for distribution. And so that was it. And then I go on. I, I quoted this earlier. But Anger was investigated by San Francisco police on suspicion that he was producing snuff, fix, snuff flicks. This is another quote of his. Um, I've always considered movies evil. The day cinema was invented was a black day for humanity, Kenneth Anger. And then he also knew Elliot Smith in 2014. So, Because I think he lived for a time, he lived in the Silver Lake district of L.A., Kenneth Anger did. And he says, this is a quote from Kenneth Anger, he was a neighbor of mine in Silver Lake. I always knew he was preoccupied with death, but when he stabbed himself, he was having a fight with his girlfriend. But that's such a ridiculous reason for a 34-year-old to commit suicide. I love his music. Sometimes he would play for me and just 20 others in a little Sunset Junction place. It's a loss. And then somebody asks him, what are you working on now? Kenneth Anger, I want to do something with dialogue for the first time, which will be filming one of Aleister Crowley's rituals. It's called the Gnostic Mass, and it's 40 minutes long. I've chosen my high priestess and priest and so forth. The actual Mass is a little bit similar to a Catholic Mass, except there's a nude lady lying on the altar that Catholics don't have. I visited Crowley's house in Sicily, rented it for a whole summer. Crowley was kicked out when Mussolini, Mussolini heard he was some kind of black magician in 1923. But he lived there for three years and painted the walls with wonderful murals. But they'd been covered with whitewash. So I spent the summer removing the whitewash and photographing them. So there he admits to that. And this is some interesting quotes about Bobby Bouzelet, about anger. Um, this is from the Garbage People book. It says, Bobby Bouzelet, he fancied, it says this about anger, he fancied himself to be a skilled and proficient in the black arts and had this contact with this group called The Process, The Process Church of the Final Judgment. So that's another anger connection. This was part of the group that swiped the Alistair Crowley materials and occult ropes and supplies. After moving into the Russian embassy, Boussoulet said, The filmmaker has special powers. He has strange, uncanny intuition, and he had a brilliant mind. First he gave me this special gift, a walking stick, a fist, fist clenched for a handle with snakes carved up the sides and between the fist. This was one of the things that had belonged to Aleister Crowley and had been stolen from the Crowley materials at an exhibit. He goes on to say the... the uh, embassy was a sorcerer's temple and what Kenneth was doing to my head worshipping me as an evil god each acid trip became more and more an earth shattering experience I was experiencing Lucifer the angel on the earth I believe that during the rituals Kenneth was showing me myself that this was a reflection of who I was and here I could assume the role the, that this ornate environment with its flashing colors, scrolls, fancy filigree symbols, weird weird amulets, talismans, voodoo things 
Golden Cat's Heads, Giant Eyes, Magic Drawings, Silver Genitalion, and Human Skull. There was a, this altar bed in an alcove, closed in with these blue velvet curtains, drapes of velvet flowing, and flowing robes of color. I was on the altar bed naked and receiving great cosmic jolts. Everything around me was swimming with fire. I could hear Kenneth chanting magical words and the sounds of his preparations as he read from the Crowley book. He was doing the invocation of my demon brother, with all the fires of hell surrounding me. When the fires were pouring up over me, suddenly a great shaft of light above drove down and penetrated my chest. It kept pouring over me this great shaft of light. It was changing me. I died. The voice of the magician kept on, and each word he said was the crackling of fire. I had no fear. There was no fear in me as I went through the most horrible deaths in the world. There was no fear. I knew I was the devil. So that's a lot. That was the first hand stuff from Bouzelet about uh, about anger. He knew like Manson to this is his Bouzelet about Manson. He was in the air like a storm kicking up. Ever since meeting Charlie Manson and feeling that kind of brotherhood between us, but all that fire and friction between us as well, it spelled something was going to be going down. When I used to say that blood was going to run, I now knew exactly what I was saying by that. So he knew about all that stuff. Went to the to the winter solstice in 67, a true Aleister Crowley tradition. So all these guys knew Aleister Crowley. Bouzelet is often overlooked. But uh, that's pretty much it. That's I mean, there's stuff about anger. I could put up his uh, man that we want to hang. That's about Crowley's art that anger did. The talk at the Hammer Museum. The museum is 30 minutes long. It's pretty interesting. He knows a lot for first-hand information. But there's a lot of short films and all this other stuff. You could do a whole documentary about anger, actually, which might be a good idea. So thank you for listening. This was the life and death of Kenneth Anger. He passed away at 96 years old um, on May 11th. Interesting date on 2023. Thank you.